The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field, but while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and he went into the house. And his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, and the field is the world. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. As I sat outside on the deck, overlooking my yard and the gardens with my morning coffee, reading the newspaper, I couldn't help but think, oh, there's a lot of weeding to do. There is so much, in fact, that I felt overwhelmed and anxious. I wondered, where do I start? And now, as I stand here in the chancel, having heard the word of God read from the Bible, I am, on the one hand, comforted to know that I am not alone in my anxiety. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans speaks of, and I quote, the sufferings of the present time. And he says that, and again I quote, the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains. These words were written nearly 2,000 years ago, and yet they read as fresh as if they were put down on paper just yesterday. But on the other hand, as I stand here, comforted as I am by Paul, I am also challenged, challenged by Jesus' parable and what it has to say about how to live in a time such as this. What Jesus has to say about how to live life in a field where wheat and weeds are growing side by side runs contrary to every instinct I might otherwise act on. 
It is prudent, is it not, that where good seed and bad seed are neighbors, the, root, the weeds must be ruthlessly plucked or else they'll take over? Not so in the parable. Jesus teaches a very different approach. He says, one, resist the temptation to weed. Two, leave the weeding to God. And three, let the wheat and the weeds grow together. It's a challenging prescription for those of us who are enthusiastic and eager to weed, and it is one we cannot be reminded of too often. So here goes. One, resist the temptation to weed. When asked by his servants if they should weed out the bad seed in the field, the farmer in the parable says firmly, no. He explains that in doing so, one runs the risk of uprooting wheat along with the weed. In other words, when it comes to weeds and wheat, one cannot always be entirely certain which is which. Think about it. What is a weed in the first place? Well-known, simple definition is a weed is a plant in the wrong place. The U.S. Department of Agriculture struggling to find some unifying principle behind what is to be considered a weed admits, and I quote, over 50% of our flora is made up of species that are considered undesirable by some segment of our society. Over 50%. And listen to this from an article posted on the State of Maine's Organic Farmers and Gardeners page. Only in the 20th century did humans decide that the dandelion was a weed before the invention of lawns, the golden blossoms and lion-toothed leaves were more likely to be praised as a bounty of both food and medicine. And then get this, gardeners used to weed out the grass to make room for the dandelions. <laughs> All of which goes to show that identifying a weed is not as easy and clear-cut as we may think or as we had hoped. Of course, in the parable, Jesus isn't even talking about weeds at all. He's talking about people, where the stakes are substantially higher. Think about Peter, the apostle, for example. It was Peter to whom Jesus said, O you of little faith, when Peter began to sink in the water. It was Peter to whom Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan, when Peter protested the teaching that the Son of Man would suffer and die. And it was Peter himself who denied Jesus three times, saying, I do not know him. So now you decide, weed or wheat. But wait, before you pass judgment, remember that it was Peter who preached a sermon on the day of Pentecost, so powerful and so effective that 3,000 people came to be baptized. And remember that it was Peter on whom the church was built and that at the command of Jesus. So now, which one is it? Weed or wheat?
It's not a difficult call. It's an impossible call. So it is that Jesus teaches, resist the temptation to weed because you just might uproot wheat in the process. Which brings us to the second teaching from the parable, leave the weeding to God. The parable says that when it comes to weeding, for reasons made clear in what I just said, it is not our job. We are assured that God, who is infinitely more patient, more merciful, and more forgiving than we, will sort things out at the harvest, at the end of time. God, you see, takes the long view. He's willing to wait us out, and thank goodness, right? Were it not so, we might not have had the witness of someone like Peter to inspire us, to shine a light for us, to show us a better way. Ralph Waldo Emerson said a weed was simply a plant whose virtues have not yet been discovered. Isn't that lovely and so very generous? How fortunate are we that God views us in precisely the same way. Because the truth about us is that we are, at any given moment in time, a complicated, messy, tangled-up mixture of both wheat and weed, of good and bad, of right and wrong, of life and death. Bible speaks to this. Paul explains it this way, For the good that I want, I do not do but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I'm doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. And yet, at the very same time, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Martin Luther wrote this, the saints in being righteous are at the very same time sinners. They're righteous because they believe in Christ whose righteousness covers them and is imputed to them, but they are also sinners because they do not fulfill the law and they are without sinful desires. The church says this about us. We are simultaneously saints and sinners. So because we are to leave the weeding to God, and because our God is so recklessly generous and merciful, there are sure to be some surprises at that final harvest. The gates to heaven will be opened wide, and there will be rooms in the Father's house prepared for and seats at the heavenly table reserved for you and me, I hope, and a whole bunch of other undesirable people, both broken and welcomed just the same. It's best to leave the weeding to God. And finally, the parable teaches that we are to grow together, wheat and weeds alike. Here's an interesting note about that little word, let, in verse 30 where the farmer says, let both of them grow together. In Greek, the word let can be translated in one of two ways. It can be translated as allow or permit, or as it is here, simply let. Or it can be translated as suffer or forgive, as in 
suffer the existence of the weeds or forgive one another as you grow together. Even more interestingly, this is the very same word used by Jesus from the cross when he cried out, forgive them for they know not what they do. This teaching may very well be the most difficult of the three. Grow together, live together, suffer with one another, forgive one another, love one another, be patient with one another, be generous with one another, be reconciled one unto the other. Now there's no promise that life in the garden will be easy, but there is the assurance that God the ever-present farmer and always patient will tend his garden with steadfast love and boundless forgiveness and a peace that passes all understanding. So now, may God give you the strength to resist the temptation to weed, the humility to leave the weeding to God, and the grace to take the long view. In the name of Jesus, amen.